and articulate the, the dedication, I wanted to just talk with you about the fact that Rosh Hashanah, Sukkot, and Shemini Atzeres are Mondays. Um, so do people think that we can meet on Wednesday, Isru Chag, instead at 10 a.m.? Um, so I'm not asking anyone to commit, commit. I know we all live lives where that's very hard to do, but um, I don't really see any other option that's going to be better because every day is going to be either, well, Wednesday's going to be the only day that's after Yom Tiv. Every other day is going to be Erev Shabbos or Erev Yom Tiv, those three weeks. So um, that's what we're going to do, I guess. People are saying that's okay, so it'll be Wednesday. So we will talk about it again um, but just want to get that out. Okay. Um, we're learning this morning um, in the schuz of Rafur Shlema for Harav Yosef Yitzchak Matsima Chasia, Masha Bas Bacheva, and Asher Ben Avraham. And they should have a Rafur Shlema Miyad Beser Kol Chele Ama Yitzrael. Um, we have a very, very spectacular Sicha. This morning, I mean, that sounds terrible to say because everyone is spectacular. Um, and in some way, you'll see how it mirrors uh, last week's Sicha, which I could not learn with the group, but uh, did learn. So you'll see the parallel. Uh, the Sicha for this week is Tavoy Chai Elo in Krach Yutes, in volume Yutes of Akutis Sichas. Aleph. Chai Elo, Yom Huleda Shnei Hamoeres Hagdolim, Habal Shemtov, Miyasi Teres Hasidus Haklolis, Rabino Azakin, Miyasi Teres Hasidus Chabad. So Chai Elo, which is the birthday of the two great luminaries, the Baal Shemtov, who established and founded uh, Teres Hasidus in general, and the Alt Rebbe, who established and founded Teres Hasidus Chabad in particular. It always falls in close proximity to Parshas Kisavoy or on the Shabbos of Parshas Kisavoy itself. The Chevon Shakol Moyade Hashono Moyed Loshemiyuad Hainuzman Hamiyuchad Betoichnai. And because all the holidays of the year, and they are called in the Torah, the Yamim Tevim are called Mayadim. And a Mayad is Lashen Miyuad. It's etymologically linked to the notion of appointed or designated, which means that, it, it, that the content of that time is very distinctive. So in other words, the content of Pesach is the distinctive energy of redemption. The content of Rosh Hashanah is the distinctive obligation and privilege of Jews coronating God, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> so it's a, it's like a, a rendezvous. It's an appointment with Hashem, an appointment with a very, very distinctive energy. And because we have a rule that all these distinctive and appointed times, near Muslim, are alluded to in the parshiyas that are read in proximity to the time of that holiday, based on that rule, we have to say, that 
we have to say that in the Parsha of Kisavai, there's an allusion, there's a hint to the content, to the energy of Chayelo. And specifically because this day of Chayelo is always referred to as a Yam type, it's always referred to as a Mayed. Base. Now the Rebbe cites another rule that he set down over and over and over again, and that is that Shem HaParsha, Asher Boy Nirmas Toichen HaParsha Kula Kiedua Hu Kitavai. The name of the parsha is Kisavai, and the Rebbe says in brackets that we have a basic corollary that the name of the parsha alludes and contains the energy of the entire parsha. So there are many, many sikhas where the Rebbe parses this in great detail and explains that it's not just the first word is grabbed and that becomes the name of the Parsha or the second, but rather that the name of the Parsha contains in holistic manner the energy of the entire Parsha. Perush, Hatebas Tavay Ela Aretu. And what is the explanation of the words, Kisavay Ela Aretu, when you will come into the land? And so the Rebbe says that this means la'achar yerusha v'yeshiva. This is talking about specifically after you inherit and after you conquer the land and you divide the land and you're already firmly established in the land. And this explanation of the words is not just found in our parsha on the words kisavoy. Yes, it's true. In our parsha, the pasuk itself says, after Kisavai, it says, V'yarashta v'yashavtaba. And the Rebbe says, chazal, but in conformity with the words of Chazal, as found in Gemara Kedushin, our, our sages taught that in every place where it says Kisavai, or some iteration of that term, it always means that it's after you've inherited it, after conquest, after division, when you're firmly established and you're really settled. And although this is this is taught to us from a puzzle that specifically delineates this for us, we call Makamuvan, but it's still in all understood. Shekevan, Shezehu, Perish Tevas Elu Bechol Makain, Harevadai Shinis and Nichlal Bimashmas Hateva Tavai Gufa. It's understood that if our Chachamim told us that the word Kisavai, the term Kisavai, always means only once you are settled and established. So although it's only in this parsha that the pasta goes on to say, via rashta, via shafta, la'acha yerusha, v'yeshiva, but it means that everywhere where you find the word tavai, this word encapsulates this meaning. V'yeser, okay, and even more so. La'acha yerusha, v'yeshiva, the words after you inherit and after you settle, 
For instance, Rebbe says, and the word does not only pertain to the individual. For instance, that the individual, once they are settled in Eretz Yisrael, have to start bringing Bikurim from their parcel of land in Eretz Yisrael. But rather, it's talking on a global level, on a national level, after the 40 years, during which they conquered and they divided the land, as Eretz Yisrael Kula, Eretz Yisrael in its entirety. And like Reb explains in a different place, and in the footnote you can see where, where the Rebbe speaks at great length in the specificity of the terminology used in the first Rashi, where Rashi says, Magid, this teaches us, And Rashi tells us that this that it's specifically talking about after the land is conquered and divided. And Rashi wants to draw attention to this because in the Parsha, it's simply, the Pasuk says, after you inherit it and you settle it. And so Rashi wants to make sure that we understand that sometimes it's going to be a situation of you having to conquer the land. That's the way you're going to inherit it. And the land has to be divided, not only settled. So from Rashi's interpretation, we underscore that this is talking about after 14 years, after the entire land is conquered, settled, divided in accordance with the way it was divided amongst the Shvatim and then subdivided amongst the family and so on and so forth. Vinimta. So from all this we find Asher shall be the, the larger understanding of when you will conquer, when you I'm sorry, when you will inherit and you will settle, Afhu All of this the fact that this only kicks in after you have not only conquered it or inherited it, but you have settled it or you've divided it, is all alluded to in the word tavai. So tavai is an all-inclusive term. It talks about not a tentative coming in, not a partial coming in, but a completion, gimel. And this is what Rebbe explains in Sif Gimel. Explanation is, Mashmas Inyan Bia Laamitasai, he knisa gimura ubishlemus. The understanding of the word tavai or bia coming in in its entirety and in its truth is about coming entirely and completely. Alderach Maimar Chazal, like the Gemara explains in Chulin, Bia Bemixas Loishma Bia. If the entrance is only partially, Bemixas means just a little bit, 
we don't refer to it as bia as coming. If the entrance lacks even a minute amount, this is not considered a coming completely. For instance, the Rebbe gives us, so he references Hulin where it talks about um, coming into the Kaidesh and and uh, the laws of Tuma and Tara and so on and so forth and what were to what was to happen if you didn't actually enter completely. But now the Rebbe gives us another example. We all know this, that if you come into the water, then you will become pure. But only But the Tara, the purification granted uh, through tefillah is only if the, if it's complete. It's only if it's absolutely complete. Even every here has to be under the water. And that's why Rashi takes pains to underscore, even though the pasuk tells us itself, the pasuk says via Rashda via Shafta, but Rashi wants to underscore that if it's not going to be via Rashta in, in one way, it'll be union of conquering and via Shafta also has to include dividing it. Shirak az yeshna knisa bishlemus l'eret Yisrael. And only then is the coming into Eret Yisrael complete. And in a settled manner. Via Seiramizu and even more. Mitzad Achtos Yisrael, because of the unity of Bnei Yisrael, Hine calls man, Shaloinis Yashu Be'eretz Yisrael, Kol Yisrael Atzrichem Lisiyashiba, for as long as we don't have every single Jew settled in Eretz Yisrael, that is, every single Jew that is supposed to be settled there, Azayesh Chisarim Be'inyan Tavay, the Chol Echad Yisrael, then every Jew, even those that are already settled in Eretz Yisrael, experience some type of lack if in their own personhood. Although this Jew might himself already be after the process of inheriting and settling in his own chelek, the chelka, in his own parcel, but he is still missing something because not every other Jew is settled. And therefore, the actual coming into Eretz Yisrael cannot be reckoned as such. It cannot be recognized until the completion of the conquering and the division. Now the Rebbe says, now we can begin to learn about the connection between Parshas Tavay and Chayelo. Chidusha Shaltaris HaChasidus, Shenizgal Salideh Bal Shem What's the novelty that was brought into this world through Tairis HaChasidus that was revealed through the agency of the Bal Shem and later, more specifically, through the Altarheba? The Chiddush of Chasidus is 
that our involvement with Torah and mitzvahs should be this idea of tavoy, completely, not tentatively, not half-baked, not straddling the fence, not taking a stand, none of this. It has to be tavoy, it has to be complete. Bio uknisa b'shleimus el it brings to mind that famous um, vignette of when um, he wrote uh, Nine and a Half Mystics. Uh, somebody could help me with the name. Uh, he was a reformed rabbi. He later became from, and he met with the rabbi a few times. Wiener, Herbert Wiener. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Herbert Wiener, uh, in, in his last years with the Rebbe, he said, he, he writes about himself that he can't understand how he had the chutzpah, but he said to the Rebbe that I see in the eyes of your um, chassidim a naivete, a, a simplicity. And the Rebbe said, no, what you see in the eyes of my chassidim is the lack of kera, the lack of fissure, the lack of tension, of conflict, they're all in. All their skin is in the fry pan. Um, and it's just a, an astounding, astounding exchange that, that I think about all the time and reminded of here, what Rebbe says, that Hasidus is all about coming completely into the avoida. Until there is no subsidiary, there's no detail left of the person that is not suffused and completely permeated with terimitsis. And just like in Tavoy, there are two aspects. There's an Inyan Hakloli de Tavoy. There's the more general idea of coming into the land. And then there's oifen hakium bahaprotim shebetabe v'yerashta v'yashastaba. And then there are the details that have to be upheld. There's the idea of, of, of inheriting the land and settling it. Al-derech zedach says, in like fashion, hu biyoyim chai elo. The same thing is true of chai elo. She'av boi beiz in yonim there are these two aspects. Aleph, there's the Yomeletis HaBal Shemtev, Miyasid HaChasidus HaKlolis. We have the birthday of the Bal Shemtev who established Hasidus, most generally speaking. And then we have the Yomeletis Rabbeinu Hazoki, and we have the Alter Rebbe's birthday who was Miyasid Teres Hasidus Chabad. The Alter Rebbe established Chabad. Asher Achilu And what's the difference between Hasidus more generally and Chabad, who kapiskon choik meri chami admar. Rebbe says, like my father-in-law, the Friedrich Rebbe taught us, shehabal shem toiv hera ech sorich laavoydes Hashem. The bal shem tov showed us how we should serve Hashem. Shezehu biduk mas ha'inyan hakloli de tavoy, and this is the general idea of tavoy being all in, being enthusiastic, one gazillion percent. But the Rebbe showed us, gave us the tools for actually making it possible to serve Hashem in this way. Hainu meaning, 
how to concretize this idea of being completely immersed, total immersion, including Vaikar and mainly Laham Shikhoi Bipratim, to draw down this concept of being all in and completely submerged in the details. As we find alluded to in the words, and you will inherit and you will settle, and as the Rebbe is going to parse um, in, 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 in Sif Yud, Dalit. And we will understand this by prefacing with something well known. The um, the revelation of Tarius Hasidus is the preface and the preparation for the coming of Mashiach. Like the well-known response shall Mashiach of Mashiach to the Baal Shem Tov, Asher Asi Mar, when he was asked, when are you going to come? And, and Mashiach answered, When your wellsprings will spread in all the outermost reaches. The Isa Besifri Kabbalah, and it's written in Sifri Kabbalah, Sha'ad Labias Mashiach, until Mashiach comes, he nekol hagiluyim, all of the ways in which Elokus is revealed in the world, Shabbalim, heim giluyim dechitzainis atik. They are revelations of the outer aspect of atik, bilvad, and that's all they are. The Hamashiach Yifal is gilipnimius atik. And Mashiach will effect the revelation of the innermost aspect of Atik. Now, I am not going to pretend for a nanosecond that I am conversant with um, these deep ideas in Kabbalah, but I did try to understand a little bit and will try to convey the, the tiny bit that I understand. Um, so first of all, Atik uh, is defined as the innermost aspect of Keser, which hovers above everything else. And in general, in, in Hasidus and Kabbalah, we have Atik, which is the idea of Hataka, to be removed. Um, so this is the transcendent aspect that is completely of the Abishra that is completely removed from the world and has no shaykhs to the world at all. And then there's Arich. And Arich is the aspect that already relates to this world. But all of this is, is, is above. So like, for instance, when we talk in Hasidus about Saiviv and Mamale, Saiviv and Mamale is talking about the world. And yeah, there is a aspect of Elokus that Saiviv that, that transcends and hovers above. And there's an aspect of Elokus that's Mamale that's within. But that's all when you talk about the world. Atik is, is above. And in Atik itself, there's two aspects. There's the aspect that is completely removed. And then there's the aspect that we refer to as Arich, which does relate to the world. And in the aspect of Atik, there's the Chetzanius and there's the Pneumius. There's the external aspect and there's the innermost aspect. But generally, Atik is the highest level that we can even speak about. 
which doesn't mean we understand anything about it. It's just that we can even reference it. So the Rebbe says that until Mashiach comes, all the Giluim of Elokus in this world were taught come from the Chetzenius of Atik. When Mashiach comes, Mashiach is going to affect revelations that come from the Panemius of Atik, from the innermost aspect of Atik. And because every preparation, by definition, logically, has to be in conformity with what you're preparing for. We have to say, So if you want to, distill all of Hasidus to one central point, we have to say that if Hasidus is the hachana, the preparation for Mashiach coming, and if Mashiach coming is all about the revelation of the panemius of Atik, then learning Hasidus now has to be all about the idea of avoida on the level of panemius, on the innermost level. And therefore, this avoida, the learning of Hasidus and the living in conformity with Hasidus, leads to and can draw down the panemius of elokus, the innermost aspect of godliness, the panemius of Atik. Hey. So this is a very, very important point because we talk all the time about chitzenius and panemius and chasidus. And here the Rebbe says, I'm going to give you a simple breakdown. The difference between panemius and chitzenius. What's the difference? Panemius, he mitzias ha'adam kefi shahu la'atzmai. Panemius is about the existence of the person as they are to themselves. The chitzainius he mitziusai kefisha hu klapechutz. And chitzainius is the way in which we exist in the realm of our relationship with the other and everything that surrounds us. Klape hazula shechutzemeno whether it's vis-a-vis people that are outside of ourselves or it's other things that are outside of ourselves. That's the chitzaynis. And what's the difference in the, in the content and the energy of the avoid that you do with panemius and the avoid that you do with chitzaynis? When a person does something only on that external level, then they don't invest themselves with all of their essence and all of their innermost faculties. But you only invest the outer aspect, you, you only you don't invest, you're, you're there with your outer aspects. And even in how you show up, let's just say, it's only to the extent that you must for that particular exercise. So think about something you really don't like to do, but have to do. 
and think about to what extent you're really there, like all there, like all in. So it's, you know, we all have things we have to do that we don't love to do. And we do them because that's life. You have to get them done. But you're not there with all of yourself. And in fact, most of us will try to do something else at the same time. Get on the phone or listen to something or whatever it is. Because you're not really all there. And therefore, you and the action that you're engaged in remain two different things. So yeah, you might be folding laundry, but you're not a laundry folder. You don't run a laundry mat. That, that's, that's not who you are. And, and this goes for a gazillion things that we have to do. Masha came, but in contradistinction, when you engage completely and fully and internally, then you are invested in what it is you're doing. This is this is such a poignant and, and, and profound point. Because when you're dealing on the level of phnemias, there is no place for anything outside of you. So imagine that you're in, you're, you're involved in something that's taking up every fiber of your being. There, there, there's no place for anything else. So when you do something, even if it's not, it doesn't seem to be a huge project. It's a detail. But when you do it with pneumius, when you do it with atzmius, when you do it with essence, then you become one with what it is you're doing. One Matthias, one existence. There's no degrees of separation. Love. And this is the novelty of Tayas Hachasidus. To become one. So Tayas Mitzvah is not just like one draw in our larger dresser of life. So we have this, we have this, we have this, we have this. Oh, yeah, and also we're, we're, we're observant Jews. No, that's the Chiddush of Hasidus. In a Hasidus, Upnimius Atari Bachlal, Hanikres Nishmasa Daraisa, Hulagalois es Nikudas Hachayus, Shebi Ishishol, Bechol in Yonitari Mitzvahs. The whole idea of Hasidus. Which is called the soul of Torah, is to reveal this point of the highest, the enthusiasm that a Jew has in everything connected with Torah he, And the nature of highest, of energy, is. The nature of highest, of vivifying force, 
is that it becomes one with that which it vivifies. You can't separate them. So like when you look at a person who's alive, <laughs> you can't say, oh, I see their body. Oh, I see their soul. No, when you see the person, you, you can't separate the two. When you talk about the vivifying energy, the soul, you're not talking about something that adds extra details. Most starkly, the Rebbe says, when you look at a, a living person, you're not seeing a person that has more limbs than the person who's dead. Because the vivifying force is not a separate thing from that which it vivifies. It is its soul. And the soul is all pervasive. And so every aspect of the body is vivified by the soul. The Tam Hadavar, the reason for this is Ki because this highest, because this vivifying energy is the soul and the innermost aspect of the person. So wherever the highest reaches, it completely suffuses and fills that place. There is no aspect of the body that is not completely suffused with and filled with the energy of the soul. So, you know, a lot of times people struggle with explaining what's the Chiddush of Chassidus? What's the big who have Chassidus? And here the Rebbe very, very simply, but very clearly lays it down for us. This is the Chiddush of Hasidus in Torah Mitzvahs. The Rebbe says, and of course you can look around and you see this all the time, that it's possible, very possible, for the person to remain separate from the Torah Mitzvahs that they keep. Um, person, and then I have all kinds of identities. And one of those aspects of my identity is that I keep Torah mitzvahs. This is true for many, many people. And this is even possible while learning Torah. That although, as Atanya explains, that when you learn Torah, there becomes a yichud nifla, an astounding unity. There is no other unity like this. That Naltarab explains in detail that when you learn Torah, your Seichel, Kavyachol takes in the, the Torah of the Abishter, which is the Abishter, and you become one. And yet the Rebbe says, this is actually only speaking of his cognitive faculties. So, okay, some people might be able to accomplish this 
on the cognitive level, but Hasidus directs, demands Umayra and shows us the way how each person, not just a big Talmud Chacham, not just somebody who can actually grasp Torah on a, on a credible level, but how each person is able to reveal, to expose their panemius, their vivifying force. And on that level, how they become one with Torah mitzvahs, Zion. And this is the, the Rebbe says in, in his great humility, the possible explanation. Of the idea, the well-known idea that Teres Hasidus is the preparation for the coming of Mashiach. Ace Hagilu Atik, the time when the innermost aspect of what is now the most removed and impenetrable aspect of Hashem will be revealed. The Bible goes on to say like this, all the myriad levels that are included in what's referred to as Seder Hishtalshlos, the system of godly revelation, the system of devolution, Ad Atik, all of those levels until the outside of Atik, which as we said before, is completely something we cannot reach. In all of these levels of Ishtalshos, even the highest, and higher and higher, there's always the possibility for something to exist that is outside of or other from godliness. Even when they're revealed in this world, it's a revelation that takes place in a way that does not obviate, that does not negate the possibility for the existence of the world. But a contradistinction, the innermost aspect of Atik, here you're talking about the essence of godliness. In the essence of Elokus, there is no place for anything else. Period. And therefore, when the innermost aspect of Atik is revealed in the world, so when Mashiach comes and the premius of Atik will be revealed, it's going to happen in such a way that the world and, and God will become one. And the words, will not be words. They will not just be an idea, a concept, which as people who are Zaycha to learn Hasidus regularly, we, we, we have somewhat of a grasp on that idea that there is nothing but God, that every aspect that we can relate to, that we can even conceptually imagine, are, are, are all an aspect of the Ebishter. They're all a reflection. They're all part of that. But that is explaining that when Mashiach comes, in the most real way, we will experience Ein Oid Mulbadeh. 
But until that time, no matter how great the revelation of godliness, there will always be room for something that presents itself as other. Because that's, that is the definition of chesenius. Ches. So first the Rebbe told us the, the parallel between Tavoy and Chayelo. And now he's finishing up because Chayelo is about Chayas and he gave us another parallel. And he said that Chayelo is about Chayas and he now wants to explain Chayas more specifically. That in and when you talk about the vivifying force of a person, there are two levels. There's hachayis haklolos, hamachayis kol There's the general vivifying force of the body. And this affects all the aspects of the body, all of the limbs equally. On this level, there's no difference between my hand, my foot, my esophagus. They're all being vivified equally. But then there's hachayus haprotis. But then there's the more specific, not the systemic energizing force, but the very specific energizing force. Hanesenes bechol ever behetem litchunasov umitzat chayuzu for example, then there is the specific chayas that vivifies each aspect of the body in accordance with its particular characteristics. And for instance, the Rebbe says in the bracket that because of this, the chayas that vivifies um, the heel of a person is called Malachamabas, angel of death. Because that's a place where the vivifying energy is not exposed in a manifest way, which is why it's easier for you to walk on nails with your heels than it would be for you to put other parts of your anatomy on heels or in very, very hot water or in ice or whatever it is. In other words, the heel, um, has less sensitivity because it has less chayas. And so now bringing it back in the analog to the difference between the chayas that was brought in through the general chasidus of the Baal Shem Tov to the chayus of the Hasidus Chabad brought us by the Alter Rebbe, who can be understood in the same way that we distinguish between the general chayus of the entire body and the specific chayus of each aver of each limb. The Baal Shem revealed the general chayas in Torah and mitzvahs. <clears throat> and most generally speaking, this expresses itself in the Indian of emuna, 
Hasidus made Emuna real and tangible and concretized it. Emuna is something you could taste, Emuna is something you could feel, Emuna is something you could hear and see, and took it from the abstract, philosophical realm and brought it into reality. And although the Kayach of Emuna suffuses all the aspects of our nefesh and affects all of them and gives them all chayas, that is to say that we become completely suffused with it. A tzaddik lives through his emuna. Ein perish hadabar shachayis emuna mechayikol ever gam mitzad inyane haprati. But still, in all, although this is a systemic type of chayus and it vivifies every aspect of the person, and like we say famously, comes from the Navi Chavakuk, the tzaddik beemunasa yichya that a tzaddik lives through his emuna. But still, the Rebbe says it doesn't trickle down in that very specific, individualized chayus for that limb. But rather, it always remains more general. And so this can be likened to the general vivifying force that suffuses and is uh, at one with every limb. But it still falls short of having a specified connection to each limb. So the general vivifying force of the body is not different in my kidney than it is in my liver, than it is in my heart, than it is in my brain. It falls short of that. Ella, rather, but rather it interfaces and fills and, and energizes in a most general way every aspect of the body. But a contradistinction, Rabbeinu Hazakin, what did the Alta Rebbe do? Him shechayus bechol koyach mikoyches haneshama u bechol avoid the betarim mitzvahs gam mitzah toichnoi haproti shel koyach zeh. But the Chiddush of Chassidus Chabad was that the Alta Rebbe brought down chayus into each specific individuated aspect of the neshama of our persona in every aspect of our avodah Torah mitzvahs, not in a general way alone, but in a very specific way. Just like the individuated chayos that is different for each limb. And therefore, it's best encapsulated by referring to what the Alt Rebbe was Machadesh as Chabad. Because what is the Indian? What is the content of Seichel, of our cognitive 
faculties and abilities. It's all about tfisas, protek, tzavos, hamusko. It's all about being able to understand the individual details, grasping the details, and also the various differences and extremes in the study that you are looking at. <clears throat> until it becomes enclosed in the energy of your soul and affects them in a very, very deep way. In consonance with the individuated content of, of that particular kayach. So just to um, concretize it for us, the more excited you become about something and the more invested you are, the more you become concerned with and swept up in the details. So like, you know, if it's not something very fancy or very very special, you basically just put the napkins and the cutlery on the table and you go on with it. But if it's a very important dinner or party or event, then you're going to start, you know, like we say in Yiddish, you know, everything's going to become very important. How are you going to fold the napkin? If you're going to fold the napkin, you do this, that, and where are you going to put the cutlery and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this goes for every single aspect of life. You know, and this is something that constantly people look at us and they're like, why do you have to get so mishuga about all the details? It's OU, right? It's OU, it's kosher. You say it's kosher. You told me it's kosher but you're not going to eat it. But it's the same way that our gourmand is not going to eat American cheese. They'd rather die than eat American cheese. You know, that, that, that's not for somebody who understands food, better food. It, that's what happens when, when you become completely suffused in something or overtake it becomes one with you. Then... The details are where it expresses itself. Tess. Luch oira. Hachayis haprotis hidarga tachtoina yosem in hachayis haklots. Now the Rebbe says, you would think, it would seem logical, that this more individuated, specified chayis, the detailed chayis, would be a lower level than the systemic energy. In other words, look, the difference between a dead person and a live person is, is huge. It's monumental, right? So that has to be a much higher level of chayas than the individuated chayas that is in my spleen, as opposed to that which is in my lung. You would think, right? Shahare Aleph, because first of all, zui chayas mukbelas yeser liyoseh b'mida hanetzvachas behetem leiver. First of all, this is a much um, more contained type of chayas. It has to be contained because it has to conform to the particular limb that it's vivifying. And beis b'chayas zu bitol ha'ever ala chayas ena amoyk kol kach kivon shah chayas noisenis mokem linyane ha'prati shala ever. Very, very 
interesting. The Rebbe says, not only is this type of chayas more limited, limited because by definition it has to be delineated specifically, but the surrender of that which is being vivified to the chayas seems to be less because it's a chayas that has to vivify specifically my finger as opposed to my toe, the aspect of the finger asserts itself. There isn't that complete bitl. Masha Inkin, when you talk about the general chayas, what's a body without soul? <laughs> what's a body without vivifying source? So the body is completely bottle, as it were, to that, to that chayas that, that energizes it, that allows it to exist. But when you're talking about the specific, because it has to conform to the specific, there isn't that complete bitum. And still in all the Rebbe says, despite the fact that you would think for these two reasons that it's a lesser type of chayas, yesh bechayas haprotis maila al chayas But there is some, um, not the word benefit, maila, uh, thank you, somebody. I can see Tzipari, you have the word. Advantage. Uh, advantage, thank you. I, I read your lips, I didn't even hear you. Um, there's an advantage to this chayas over the general chayas until there's even a novelty in this chayas. And what is it? The very fact that the more global or systemic or general chayas does not have a connection to the specific limb Moira teaches us shaloi baba shlemus hachayas mamash that it that the general chayas does not express a complete chayas and for that reason it doesn't conform in individuated fashion to each to each limb because it's not the complete chayas, vidavka b'chayas haprotis. It's specifically in the individuated aspect of chayas. Hachayderes beivorim gam mitzad in yonam haproti that suffuse the limb, not just in a general way, but in a very specific way. Uba'efin chayas kazeh hachayde b'hem legamre. And this aspect of chayas, this this um, model of chayas completely pervades each limb. In this, you have the shlemus of the chayas. Um, so maybe uh, people can relate to this, um, that when we become very, 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 let's say, let's be always very, very happy. So we find ourselves doing things we wouldn't do on a pedestrian day or like, I, I, I don't know, like getting interested in buying matching bow ties for all of our children or grandchildren or whatever. And like some people are very into this, but some people are like, that's not me. But for this event, for this wedding, for this bar mitzvah, I need all of the bow ties to match or all of the bows in the hair for the girls or et cetera, et cetera. In other words, the fullness of the simcha expresses itself somewhat somewhat paradoxically 
in the tiny details. Because if you weren't so suffused with, 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 with this crazy level of simcha, you would never go there. That's the completion of the chayas. Rifi, can I um, just share uh, like one thing it was making me think about? Please. Um, I'm wondering if anyone in this group ever had a baby, <laughs> but if you ever took an epidural, I remember, um, I'm just writing something about this and that's why it's on the front of my mind, but I remember getting a very strong one and feeling like a passenger in, in my own body throughout the labor because stuff was happening, but like I couldn't feel it. And I was being told what was happening to my body as opposed to a different experience where I was much more in sync with what was happening to my body. But that's what that's kind of hitting me when you're reading through these. It's a completely different way to understand it than you said about the bow tie. But this notion that you can have a body that's separated from your inner experience. That's it. I just wanted to share that. <laughs> I don't know if it's if I'm maybe tangenting because it's what I was thinking about from something else or I don't know. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And so now to bring it back to Teres Hasidus Chabad. It's because the Alter Rebbe brought down Chayas to the Torah of Hasidus in all the details of the Kaychis HaNefesh as specific and individual to their content, therefore he was able to bring down the completion of the Baal Shem And through the agency of Hasidus Chabad, every detail of all the Kaychis HaNefesh becomes suffused with the highest of Hasidus. And you know, when, when you look at this, you, you can't help but see in the Rebbe's Torah, this Tnua of detail and detail, Sheba detail, Sheba detail, Sheba detail. How the Rebbe looks at a Rashi, how the Rebbe looks at a Rambam, how the Rebbe looks at a Mishnah Pirkei Avais, how the Rebbe did a, 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 um, a Siyum. I mean, it's like, the Rebbe Mamish brought Chayis down into every word, into every Vav, an extra Vav, an extra Vechule. What does it mean? What does this teach us? It's, 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 it's easy for us to, at some point to just take it for granted. But this is such a huge and novel gift. And the Rebbe explains that Hasidus Chabad brings down, brings to fruition the fulfillment of, of what the Baal Shem Tov did. And finally, to come full circle, now we can understand the connection between Chai Elul and Tavai. And again, even the Rebbe's insistence that every Yom Tov is connected to the Parsha. This is, this is a Rebbe's Chiddush completely. And I mean, we would stand there for bringing it, the Rebbe would connect it to this and 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 every subsidiary aspect. The, the general idea of Torah's Hasidus 
of the general Hasidus is alluded to in the word Tavai, Shemashmai, because as the Rebbe explained at the beginning, what is Tavai? The Indian of Tavai is Knisa Bishlemus, coming in completely. And becoming completely committed and immersed and submerged and surrounded and pervaded and suffused. And the, the, you can't, there's no daylight between you and Tara and Mitzvah. This is the novelty of Hasidus in general. And afterwards, you have to draw down this general chayas into the individuated chayas. Meaning it has to be via rashta, via shafta. You have to have to inherit it. You have to settle in it. You have to bring it down in a settled way. It can't just remain in some more tangential, peripheral way. It has to be all-consuming. In the details of the aspects of the soul. And this can only be done, and this is done through the agency of Hasidus Chabad. So just how fortunate are we? It's, it's astounding. And um, yeah, wishing everybody a good Yom Tif, a little bit in advance. Good Yom Tif. Would you be able to, sorry, would you be able to give like an example of, let's say, a mitzvah or something that we learn uh, let's take a mitzvah that with uh, chassidus in general and then chabad chassidus, or not even chassidus in general, because chabad chassidus would include that. How that, like, how you take it on yourself, like how it becomes more penimious because we have chabad chassidus. Um, I don't know why this is coming to my head immediately, but maybe because, you know, we're facing chedish tishrei. So let's say... Um, Benching Lulav and Esrik. Okay. Benching Lulav and Esrik. It's a mitzvah. Okay, good. And, um, and the whole world does non-nuim. And there's different ways of doing non-nuim, of, 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 of shaking the Lulav in the different directions and so on and so forth, right? But Hasidus Chabad comes and tells you, it's not just a great mitzvah that you should do with enthusiasm, which Hasidus in general teaches you. That it's a privilege to be in this relationship with the Eibushter, and that, that every mitzvah is a, is an unparalleled privilege. But then comes Chassidus Chabad and talks to you about the fact that there that in the Sukkah there are Eis Makifim, and in the Dalad Minim you talk about Eis Primim, and you have to take the the Eis Makifim and you have to bring them into the Primim, and therefore the way we do Nanuim is that you bring it to the heart. There's a, you don't just go like that. But each time you bring it to the heart and then you bring it out again, you bring it to the heart. So maybe this is not like the best example for us because we don't do not know him or most women don't do not know him like that. But I don't know, that's, that's something that like hits me right now that through learning what is happening, it expresses itself in, 
in, in how you do the mitzvah, in the details of the mitzvah, and in the highest with which you do the mitzvah. Okay. But, but I think that's true for, for, for every mitzvah, that the more you learn about it, and the more you understand what is accomplished, to the extent that we can understand with our limited seichel, right? But, but there's so much that we could understand, that, and therefore, the Rebbe said, if we could, we must, it gives a whole different highest. So even like, even when you give tzedakah, when, when, when you learn Tanya about what happens when you give tzedakah, it's, it's, it's a different giving and so on and so forth. So I think that's- Thank you. That's what it's about. Rivki. Wishing everybody a wonderful week and cult of all good things. And we will see each other next Monday, if not before. Okay. A highest stick a week. Amen.